Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at U.S. Eastern, 3 p.m. I almost forgot what time it is. I've only said this 245 times. Uh, and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it, tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Chris Becker. Support Switchcraft and my other content uh, for as little as a dollar and get a bonus podcast over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp if you are looking for ways to support the show there are many many ways uh really really easy to do head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you you'll see a whole bunch of links there some free some cost money but whatever it is that you do to support the show thank you and again that url is runjumpstomp.com slash thank you i'll tell you what i want to start with a game that i've been playing recently uh i got a review copy of it and I, I would say I'm probably 75% of the way through the game. So it's a pretty short game, but it's also a game that has lots and lots of replay value. And it's it's called Marble It Up, which I would say is a terrible name for a game. And it also has a really bad, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like art, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for. I, I don't like the name of the game. I don't like the art in the game. Or, um, I like the art. I don't like the, like the cover art that shows up on your Nintendo Switch screen. I feel, felt like it was really, really lazy and hopefully they do a better job with that. But I mean, in, at the end of the day, who really cares about that? And it, and you know, the, the, uh, the name is, uh, you know, not a big deal. Jay Hartley wants to know how is the music. The music for that game is really good. I like that music a lot. It's got kind of um, like a downbeat, uh, chill, uh, electronic soundtrack to it. But the that's neither here nor there. What kind of game is Marble It Up. It's the kind of game that reminds me of a time when I was a kid. I was over at my buddy Chuck's house, and uh, Chuck had a copy on his NES of Marble Madness. And we used to play Marble Madness all the game, which or all the time. And if you've never played Marble Madness, you are controlling a marble that you have to get from the top to the bottom of like this uh, hill, I guess, this geometric hill. Um, without falling off the edge, basically. You have things that you want to avoid and, and stuff like that. And Marble It Up is very much like that. And if you've never played Marble Madness, then you're like, well, I still don't really understand what it is. Another game that I would compare it to would be Super Monkey Ball, which was a game, I believe, by Sega that came out on, on Nintendo systems in the past. And this is this definitely feels like Super Monkey Ball. It feels like marble madness and it's just a very very simple game where you have to control a marble from one place to another rolling along and it's incredibly fun you can play it really really quickly uh you can finish a level in less than a minute sometimes and then go on to the next one or you can go back and try again there's power-ups in the game one where you can slow time down or move faster or jump real high um, there's gems that you have to collect so that you can get the highest possible score and it has online leaderboards as well so overall i would say marble it up is really fun and it's definitely a game 
that I feel like is worth checking out. Uh, another game that kind of pulls me back to when I was younger uh, is uh, another game that, oh, and I'm sorry, well, we'll get to that in a second, uh, is uh, Cheeky Cheeky Boxy Racers, which again, terrible name. This one has pretty good cover art, and it also has decent music, but uh, it reminds me of when I was a kid, and I played a game called RC Pro-Am, which if you've never played RC Pro-Am, it, it, Pro it's one of the best games on the Nintendo Switch, at least for me. I absolutely adored RC Pro-Am, and I've always been hoping that we would get another uh, racing game like it. Now, RC Pro-Am was a game where it was top-down, and you were driving little radio control cars, and I can even hear the music in my head for RC Pro-Am because I spent so much time playing that game. Uh, so you're racing around this track, um, and you like there's three or five laps or something like that, and you're racing up against like three other cars to try and come in first, and you can pick up weapons along the way to shoot at somebody. It's basically Mario Kart before Mario Kart uh, with this like top-down view, and it was one of the one of the cool things I really liked about RC Pro Am uh, was to to get some extra challenge. You had to pick up all the letters in the word Nintendo as you were driving around the track to, to try and spell Nintendo over over time. Uh, fun, fun, fun game. And Cheeky Cheeky Boxy Racers, again, not the best name, but it felt like the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It felt like the spiritual successor to RC Pro-Am. Now, there was one thing that I found really strange to me is that there's no gas button. So I can't reach my Switch Pro controller. So I'm just going to use my PS4 controller to demonstrate. And you'll just listen uh, if you're just listening, obviously. Um, there's no gas. There is a, 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 a speed boost button. And then there's a uh, there was some other button I can't remember what it did off the top of my head, um, but you you control the which direction you are accelerating with just the left joystick. You don't really use the right joystick for anything. So if you want to accelerate toward the bottom of the screen, you would push down. If you want to accelerate toward the top of the screen, you would push up. And while that seems to make perfect sense, it's kind of counterintuitive to how most racing games tend to be this these days because most racing games you have a gas button that that's how you are accelerating is with that gas button and then you just use the um the steering or the stick to steer uh and you don't have to worry about the acceleration in the direction that you're going and it it felt really weird at first but I was able to get used to it and uh it's really fun. It also has multiplayer, and there's this cool mode where you can uh, fight it out with other players trying to slam into them and knock them off of like the platform that you're on. Uh, overall, I would say Cheeky Cheeky Boxy Racers is also a really fun game, and if you are a fan of RC Pro-Am, even a little, you should check it out because I had a blast playing it. Uh, and both of those games, Marble It Up, and Cheeky Cheeky Boxy Racers. I've got first looks for those over on my YouTube channel. 
uh, youtube.com slash run jump stomp. And if you want to check those videos out so that you can see what is the game like, uh, then I would re- I would recommend that you head on over there. Uh, we've got a whole lot more to talk about today. So let's go ahead and uh, switch over to something that is pretty surprising. It may be the most addictive toy in history, and it's definitely the hottest thing this Christmas. Nintendo Switch is the kind of system that a lot of people can look at and say, how can how can this be used in a way that isn't already being used? Uh, one of the ways that people uh, have speculated that it could be used, and, and of course Nintendo is responsible for some of that speculation, uh, and I'll explain why in a second, uh, but is VR. Now, why would somebody think that the, that the Nintendo Switch would be a good VR system? Well, it's already a portable system. So that means that if you have, uh, if you're doing VR with it, then it wouldn't have any wires, which is kind of important. Uh, it also already has motion control stuff built in. Um, and Nintendo is has also fueled the fire here with the idea that the Nintendo Switch could eventually be a VR system because they have shown off, or not shown off, but they filed patents for basically a device that is was like the Switch that you could put into a set of goggles. Now, don't get excited. I know that there's a lot of people out there who are hearing what I'm saying and they're like, oh my gosh, are we getting VR? I don't think that we are. I really don't. Um, and he, I'm going to lay out the reasons why we aren't getting VR, and then I'm going to talk about why am I bringing this up again. Um, first off, the Nintendo Switch has low resolution. Uh, it's 720p. Let me just grab my backpack real quick, and uh, I'm going to grab my Switch out of it. All right, so this screen is a 720p screen, which is, you know, not not the best. You want to have higher resolution screen when you are uh, doing VR because it's going to look much better. The The higher the resolution, the less likely you are to see all those individual pixels. And the closer that the screen is to your face, the more likely it is that you're going to see the pixels. So already I feel like the Switch is off to a bad start uh, in, the, in the realm of VR because it's got a 720p display. Um, now, why did they decide to go with such a low-resolution display? Well, of course, because the higher the resolution, the more power it's going to need to uh, efficiently push those pixels, and that means a bigger battery uh, because people were already freaking out about the three-hour battery life of playing a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, Nintendo decided to go with a 720p screen, and I think that's perfectly acceptable. It's not great for VR, and I wouldn't expect it to be. Uh, And Nintendo has never said that this is a VR system, so why am I bringing it up? Well, we're going to get there in just a second. Um, Another reason why this would be bad for VR, in my opinion, is, for crying out loud, this thing is heavy. This thing is really heavy. Uh, When you, if if we were to take off the Joy-Cons... Right, and then have like a headset up, and then slide this into the headset in front of my face here. I feel like this would be like w- when I first got my Switch, and on um, March sixth, two thousand seventeen, 
and I opened up the box. That was the first thing that I noticed is, wow, this thing is dense. And if you are listening to the show right now and you've got your Nintendo Switch nearby somewhere, you could walk over, pick up the Nintendo Switch, and I want you to feel the heft to it. Uh, it's it's heavy. It's really a heavy uh, device, especially for its size. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in this thing. And having this on your head with like the, the goggle thing, I feel like it's going to pull your head forward and you're going to end up with like some kind of weird muscle spasm problem in your neck. Uh, that's the second reason that I don't think that that the Nintendo Switch is going to be uh, VR ready. Uh, in chat, uh, Pirate Zero says, is it true that 90 FPS is ideal for VR? Does the PSVR hit that number? Uh, I don't believe that the PSVR hits that number, but it is true that you want to have a high frame rate because you're much less likely to get that disconnect between your inner ear and your eyes, which will give you motion sickness. Um, I haven't tried VR myself. I'm going to assume that VR is going to make me uh, uh, vomit everywhere because I get car sick. Um, I, I have trouble going on rides. I get really, really sick real fast. It, like I go on one ride, I'm done for the day. It's a disaster. Uh, so I, the, the Switch just isn't powerful enough to do VR without all of these drawbacks. So why am I bringing it up? Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because there is this third party company um, making something called NS Glasses. And of course they have trademarked it. Uh, but NS Glasses is basically a headset. Let me just set that down. It's a headset that you can strap your switch into. Uh, you can leave the Joy-Cons on, you can take them off. And they said that pre-orders are starting soon. You get 50% off if you pre-order. I don't know what the price is. Like, uh, I can put my... Here, I'm just going to go ahead and runjumpstomp at gmail.com. I'm going to sign up. And I want to know what they're going to say. Okay? Um, so, basically, when I look at this, you've got this thing. And, man, just looking at, at this, the... The way the goggles are set up makes the switch seem like it is really far from your face, which means it's going to be pretty heavy. Um, now, they are not, I mean, they call it NS Glasses 3D VR headset, but this is not virtual reality. In fact, they say it's compatible with all games, but guess what? When I think of virtual reality and when you think of virtual reality, what I am assuming that you are thinking is that when you turn your head, in the game, it turns the camera. That's what I'm assuming that you're thinking. That's certainly what I think of. So that when I turn my head, as long as as long as there's motion controls built in, when I turn my head, it's going to turn the camera. Now, unless the games are made to track this, that's not going to work with this system because you've got you've got the Joy Cons either in your hand or still attached to the Switch. Now, if they're still attached to the Switch, great. Then you can look around in a game that supports it, like, uh, say, Splatoon 2. All right, you can look around in a game that supports um, motion aiming, or like Fortnite. And sure, the camera's going to move around because you're moving the Switch around. But guess what? 
Now you don't have any buttons that you can press. You can't push the buttons on the switch if they're attached to the switch. And so if you take it off, then you're right back to where you were. And the only difference is now you've got the switch really close to your face. So it looks bigger um, than it did otherwise. They say that they are doing something called um, immerse yourself into the world of passive 3D. I'm really not sure what that means. They say something about switching colors in order to get you to see things in 3D. I don't know what the heck they're talking about, um, but I'm very curious as to see what exactly is happening with this device because not because I think that there's going to be real support for games, but I just want to know what this is going to be like. Uh, really, really strange uh, story. Uh, so uh, if you want to check out the website, it's nsglasses.com, or you can just go to the link in the show notes. I'm very curious as to what you guys think of this. I'm going to guess that most people are going to say uh, take a hard no on this. Uh, but, you know, I've been wrong before. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them on something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or a VIC-20. It seems like there's a little bit of controversy around the world of Pokemon Let's Go, and it has to do with, um, with motion controls. A lot of people saw, like, the videos from... Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, Let's Go, Eevee. That's the game that's coming out at the end of the year. Uh, it is kind of a branch, uh, um, not a branch, but a, a step forward from uh, getting Pokemon Go, which is on your phone, uh, moving it more towards uh, the RPG. Uh, not, a, not a full step in the RPG direction because that's coming out next year. This is really something that I think that uh, the Pokemon company was doing so that they could use the assets that they've made for Pokemon uh, RPG that comes out next year and sell something this year in order to get some money in the coffers, if you get what I'm saying. Um, but we, we, we watched some footage of uh, Pokemon Let's Go, and basically what was happening is that it looked like it was requiring motion controls, and people were... People were trying it out at places like EGX or E3, and they were like, well, yeah, it's using motion controls. And we weren't really getting an answer on whether or not it was required that you do motion controls all the time. And why is that a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because if I'm playing on the go, and that's really one of the selling points of a Nintendo Switch is that you can play your Switch on the go. If I'm playing on the go and I'm holding it in my hands... I don't want to have to like do this weird motion where I throw a Pokeball out by flinging my Switch around. That's not good design. So people wanted to know if, uh, if you could turn that off. Well, there's, this is a post from, I think it's IGN. I'm not going to click on it because I think it has autoplay video, which is stupid. IGN does a lot of things that drive me crazy. Like when I go to link to their show or to their uh, site, uh, using my show notes everywhere else that I go, I can just click a button that's on my on my browser that says add to show and it'll just add the show to or add the link to the next uh, show notes it makes it really easy to attribute stories that I find IGN 
that they like they break that for some reason. They also autoplay video, which I find really annoying. I know that that's just how I'm going to have to deal with it, but whatever. I'm going to stop complaining now. Uh, but anyway, this is a uh, uh, an excerpt from an article that they wrote about motion controls in Pokemon Go. They said, at the start of a Pokemon catching encounter, the only input needed is choosing an item and pressing the A button to throw a Pokeball. No motion controls required. Yay. So that means I open up or, or I, I find a Pikachu and I was like, okay, it's time to throw. Push A. I'm done. I don't have to do that, that silly motion. Okay. Uh, they say this is really easily accomplished if the switch is completely stationary, such as when it's flat on the table. So if I am, if I've got my switch out like on a kickstand and it's just sitting there and I just hit the A button, awesome. It's going to work great. However, <laughs> motion controls can't be turned off. So if you are moving even a little, the camera is going to start moving around. And now when you hit that button to throw the Pokeball out, it might miss. Uh, this is really bad design. If you're going to give us the option to just push a button to throw the Pokeball, then also give us the option to turn off motion controls completely. I don't understand Nintendo's, well, actually, it's the Pokemon company, so I don't know what to, you know, it, it's tough because they're not actually a first-party company. They're a second-party company that makes things exclusively for Nintendo. But this is a Nintendo kind of thing that they do. They, they take a step in the right direction, and then they trip over themselves. Uh, I talked about this as recently on... What the heck podcast was I on? Um, Fears and Desires. It was a podcast that's it's not actually out yet. Uh, I was recently on that and I talked about, you know, how Nintendo, they pulled a Nintendo. Uh, it looks like they're pulling a, a Nintendo again here where they're giving us the ability to not have to use motion controls. Great job. But they're not letting us turn them off, making the, the experience less than unless you're holding the Joy-Con in your hand and you're doing the the dumb motion that I'm not interested in doing. I like motion controls when it comes to just aiming with a camera, like in Link, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. Like the motion controls in that are fantastic. Splatoon, the motion controls are great in that. When you try and force them, uh, hoist them upon us where we have to do like real life motions in order to do things, I can't stand that. It's one of the reasons I never finished uh, Skyward Sword, even though that game had some of the best dungeons that I had ever played. I I quickly lost interest because I didn't want to wave a remote control around in my hand. It's not fun for me, and I'm I'm fine with them making stuff that uses motion controls, but I also want them to give us options to avoid that, like Super Mario um, Odyssey this year. Uh, well, last year, sorry. Uh, when Super Mario Odyssey came out, we kind of ran into the same thing where there were certain moves that Mario could do that really only worked if you were using motion controls. And it's not like they ran out of buttons, okay? It's not like they ran out of buttons. There were other buttons that could be used on the Switch. It's just Nintendo said, well, this is really the best way to do it, so we're going to do it that way. And G.I. Jello in chat is saying motion controls suck. Let's face it. 
I don't agree with that. I think motion controls can be really awesome, like in Breath of the Wild, like in Splatoon, like in when I was playing uh, Doom on my PC using my Steam controller. Uh, I used my Steam controller for that, and this has fantastic motion controls. Uh, if if the motion controls are implemented well, and I have the option to ignore them if I want, then that's a win for everybody. Uh, when they are shoehorned in and foisted upon us, whether we feel like using them or not, they can take a great game and make it mediocre really, really fast. And that's, I mean, that's what I think I see happening here with Pokemon Let's Go. Although, to be fair, when I look at Pokemon Let's Go, I don't really get excited about that. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are, that are they're just squeeing over the idea of being able to uh, play a new Pokemon game on their Switch. And I'm all for it for, for those people. I'm happy that there's something there for you. But I'm far more inter interested in what happens next year with the RPG. And I really hope that there's no required motion controls in the Pokemon game that comes out next year in, uh, I'm going to guess, like third quarter or fourth quarter. All right, everybody, we are about out of time. And so what I'm going to do is lightning around the rest of this. I won't talk about each story nearly as much. Uh, so let's make sure that we get out of here quickly so you can move on with your day and uh, listen to some other podcast. I've got an idea for you at the end. Um, first off, South Park, the stick of truth uh, has come out in or for the Nintendo Switch. And there's a little PSA. Uh, this I found on Reddit. And basically, the PSA says that you if you if you live in Europe and you want to purchase South Park, the Stick of Truth, make a U.S. account and buy it from the e-store. Otherwise, huge portions of the game are, is cut. Uh, so, of course, some people over-exaggerate things. But yes, there is some censorship in the European version of the game. And it says right here, um, let's see, this is a, a Dan time. I, I I don't know how to say this person's name. On on Reddit, they posted, um, have to make a note here just to clarify the info. info. While the game is censored in the EU and Australian re uh, regions, there are only seven scenes that are taken out of the game. They are replaced by a, an image that the OP linked. Let's take a look at that image. And, <laughs> oh my God, this is funny. Uh, it says... Uh, I don't know what to tell you anymore, Europe. In this scene, you would have been performing your first enter. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say that. Okay. You want to know? Uh, look at the link in the show notes. Um, so I'm not going to read that. But <laughs> uh, they're replaced by a picture in the game. Uh, each scene is about 20 seconds long. And even though only two of the seven scenes require player input for a specific mini game. You are not losing one to two hours of gameplay, which is what a lot of people are saying, or at least what some people were saying. Oh, that's the wrong button. There we go. Uh, so 
you know, that's not cool. Don't don't censor stuff. If you're going to put the game out, just put the game out and put an adults only warning on it. I don't know why it had to be censored over in Europe and Australia, but whatever. Uh, let's see what else goes in the lightning round. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has exceeded sales expectation. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is possible. Well, gosh, what a huge surprise that a successful franchise might spawn a sequel. Um, I mean, come on, we've already had Xenoblade, we've had Xenogears, we've had Xenoblade 2, we've had Xenoblade Chronicles X, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. We've had lots of different games. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that we would possibly get Xenoblade Chronicles 3, although, yay us. Uh, this one, all right, hang on to your grandmas, everybody. This is going to be kind of a big deal. Uh, this is via Concerned Ape on Twitter, who is uh, the 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 game developer of for Stardew Valley. All right, everybody, holding on to your grandmas. Here we go. The Stardew Valley multiplayer update for Nintendo Switch is now in QA. That's quality assurance. Uh, we'll let you all know as soon as possible uh, when more concrete info becomes available. So. That means we could probably be playing this in it in as little as a month. Uh, and that is Stardew Valley multiplayer. It's already on PC. Uh, they said that the first game that would get the or the first system that would get uh, uh, multiplayer would be the Nintendo Switch when we're talking about consoles. So I know that there's a lot of people that are excited about that. All right, before we get out of here, two more. Uh, videos that I, I am hoping that you will check out. I did my first look of Valkyria Chronicles 4. I got a review copy of that. Uh, so I played the first 20 or so minutes of the game, I think, and I really enjoyed what I played. It's very similar to the demo, so you can try that out now if you, uh, if you haven't already. And uh, another game that I checked out that was really cool uh, that I got a review copy for is Rise and Shine, which is this really interesting side-scrolling platforming uh, shooter game. Uh, really lots of video game references in it. I really like the art style, uh, but make sure that you check out those both of those first looks at my YouTube channel, or you can just follow the link in the show notes to find those. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the music and then uh, wrap things up. Paperboy from Mindscape for your Nintendo Entertainment System. The music for today's episode was given to me by a listener, which is awesome. Kaiju Guy sent me this. It is uh, Heartache, which is the name of the song. You heard it at the beginning of the show. You're about to hear it at the end. And I just want to say if you want to check out... Well, I would say if you want to check out more from them uh, to check out... Um, what the heck is it now? It's uh, runjumpstomp.com slash music. That's usually what I say, but I don't have any other pl any other information there. So if you like it, join our Discord, uh, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, and tell Kaiju Guy that you enjoyed the music, um, which is playing probably right now. Um, if you are looking to support the show, there's lots of different ways that you can do so. Head on over to uh, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Find one of the links there. Follow them. You can buy t-shirts. You can get Nintendo stuff that my wife makes with uh, sewing uh, stuff. You can uh, check out Audible. You can check out Amazon Prime. All those links are there, and uh, they're really easy ways to support the show. Another way you can support the show is just to review it over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got some uh, recent 
reviews. So I, I really appreciate that from you all. Uh, I read every single review and uh, I'll, I'll make sure to thank some of those people when we get a few more uh, built up. Um, don't forget, I also have another podcast called 78 Degrees. You can find that over at runjumpstomp.com slash 78 Degrees. Make sure you check that out. It's not about video games, but it's also a really fun podcast. So make sure that you stop by. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us today. And uh, I just want to say, uh, oh, guess what? That didn't work. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and thank the live chat who are here because the command that I had uh, did not actually work the way I was hoping. Um, so first off, uh, before we go any further, I want to say thank you to Solomus, G.I. Jello, and Joel Mead for uh, subscribing here at uh, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. I want to thank Kames Pact for cheering the 25 bits. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and let's go ahead and thank the live chatters. We've got uh, Kames Pack, G.I. Jello, Hyrulean Julian, J. Hartley 17, Joycephine, uh, Link31254, Morgan13, Mr. Rotary Phone, N64, Josh, Not47Y, Positivity Bot, <laughs> uh, Fisto, uh, Piterate, Zero, Skinny Seahorse, Slow Cool, Solomus, uh, TF Wagner, Virgo Pros, Wyvern Ripsnarl, you guys are awesome, and of course the Lurkers. I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.